you think about worship, it really does usher in the Spirit. I mean, we try to walk in the Spirit all the time, but we, throughout our day, we're surrounded by the world. So we have these things that we're trying to fight off to stay in the Spirit. But when you worship, you open yourself up, like Brandon was saying. You open yourself up to learn and to worship our God. He's so amazing, and he's done a lot of good things. Amen? Okay, the basket's about done. So before we get started, I'll say a couple things first of all. Did you guys notice the uh, area over here in the corner, the coffee bar? The coffee bar we've been talking about? <laughs> now the crew over here, the kids over here, they got to help too. Amen. That's great. It's Joshua and Candy's idea to kind of oversee this whole thing and get it done. And we're really excited about it. So we know God's going to do good things through that too. And it's all part of serving, right? We're all trying to find a place to fit in and to serve, right? So I just wanted to say thank you to you guys for having the vision to do it and to actually do it because, for one, I didn't have to. <laughs> Not that I don't mind helping because I have in the past, and it's just great to have extra help. You know, this is the first time in our church existence that we've had more help than projects. And that's awesome because before it was always like the same people. We could scratch up four or five to do everything. But now we have plenty of people to go around to help us do these things, and it's awesome. And I appreciate you guys really helping out. It really helps us too. So thank you guys. Okay, before we get started, will you guys pray for me and then I'll pray for you and then uh, we'll dive into the word. Heavenly Father, we do, we do thank you for tonight. We do thank you for the worship. We thank you for all that are here that are gathered, God. And, um, importantly, we, we thank you for the word that was left behind for us to study, to know you better, Lord God. And we just, I, I just pray for somebody, if they don't know you, God, maybe tonight that they'll cross that line of faith, Lord Jesus. Or if there's been people wandering, they come back tonight, God. So have your way tonight, Jesus. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. So have you guys been following the trip at all? These guys have been on, on, on Facebook or whatever. It sounds like they've run into some issues. I didn't, I didn't see it, but it sounds like they've had some car issues. And, and that's all part of the adventure, amen? <laughs> As you guys know, we, we started out downtown in uh, homeless ministry down there. And every Thursday night was a major adventure. You had no idea. We had plans on what we thought was going to happen. Never did. God had a better plan. Seemed like every time we went down there... It was more than we ever expected. We met this guy. How long have you been with us now? Ten years. Ten years? How about that? <clears throat> Brandon played on the riverfront down there. He started doing worship down there in a parking lot. We would drag the sound system that we had. It wasn't the best thing, but we, we made it work, right? <laughs> had generators, things like that. And uh, Brandon got to do that. It was, it was really cool. So, okay, you guys know... Those that have been here from week to week, you guys know we're doing a series on the book of Galatians, right? So remember we finished up chapter 3 last week and we're moving into chapter 4. So anybody read ahead? This is kind of an interesting chapter, I thought. When I mean, Paul's kind of scratching his head, so to speak, on, on um, what, what, do you, what are you guys doing? Why did you guys turn away? Why are you letting these Judaizers influence what you already know to be true. We are set free, amen? And if you know Jesus, you have been set free. The chains are gone. So you don't have to pick them back up. 
Leave them there. You are free. And we're also heirs to God. I want to back up a little bit. This probably isn't on the PowerPoint, but um, I'm going to go back a couple of verses in, in, in chapter 3. Uh, I'm going to go up to, looks like 26. It says, For you are children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. That's awesome, isn't it? We are his children. And all of you have been united with Christ in baptism, have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. You know, new clothes are kind of funny too, aren't they? Because they're just not comfortable at first. And it's kind of like that when you come to Christ. It's a little, you don't really know what to expect. You finally cross the line of faith. You say, okay, Jesus, I open my heart to you. Come into my life and change me. And when he does, you start scratching your head going, what is going on? The old life is gone. Now I'm supposed to live a new life, right? A new life in faith. So putting on the new clothes feels a little uncomfortable. So you are, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for all are one in Christ. And now that you belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. The same promise. We're part of that. We have an awesome future. Those who said yes to Christ, we have something to look forward to, Right? That's the hope that we have every single day that we're out here trying to get through this life that we live every single day. Because it's not easy, right? And it's funny because you can even stay home in your little box and it's still not easy. You start dealing with loneliness. You start dealing with maybe some of the stuff that you see on TV or hear on the radio and it starts driving you crazy. You can't escape this world. You can't. Only through Christ can you. And you can only do that by renewing your mind every single day. Romans 12, 2, renewing of your mind. That's the only way we have a shot at getting through this world without being beaten down and want to give up. Anybody ever felt like giving up? I have sometimes. It's just like, God, I know I said yes to you years ago, but it seems like I have a target on my back and I am swimming upstream in this world. And it's hard. And it gets harder and harder and harder. But I know he's with me. And I know he's going to guide me each and every day. And it's up to me to try to stay on the path. Because the moment I let my guard down, here comes the world. Just like that flood, it's going to come back. We're constantly, it's a spiritual war. We're constantly at battle between good and evil in our hearts and our minds. Every single day. Devil doesn't take a day off. Although if you said yes to Jesus, the devil has no power in your life. Christ overcame Satan. Right? Amen? That's an amen. You're done, man. And in the end, we win. If you guys have read ahead, we win. So he can mess with us this whole time, but don't ever give up. You might come dragging yourself back on the path, but that's okay. You may wander off. That's okay. Come back. And if you've been out there, come back. You'll find out that it's not that great out there. You know, the grass always seems greener, but it's not. You get out there and you start getting influenced by all this worldly stuff it's not better then you start wondering how did i get out here well if you look back you could probably see right where you compromised if you were to go back in time you could go aha right there whatever that was that's where i started compromising and i started not listening to that little voice anymore or not hanging around my christian friends or not reading the bible guys this word is alive god left this for us and it's alive 
Okay, where was I? Okay, start in verse uh, 4-1. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than the slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. So it'd be like a little kid and your parents die and they left you inheritance and you can't do anything with it until a lot of times it's 18 when you become an adult, whether it's money or anything like that. So it says they have to obey the guardians, which we do until we reach the age that the father has set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. And if you were unsaved, you were a slave to sin. You were born into sin. You didn't have a choice. You can be the best you want to be. Nobody is good enough. You can't be good enough to earn your own salvation. Amen? Otherwise, Christ would have died in vain if we could earn our, earn our way there. Some of the best people have done tons of things, but they're going to miss the mark because they did it for themselves, thinking that they were doing it to gain favor from God because they don't know Christ. It's that simple. Sometimes it seems a little unfair. It's like, but he's a good person. He might be a good person, but if he doesn't know Jesus, he's missing the mark. We were working for a couple the other day, and they have... Every, every, all the good stuff that you could have in life, the pool, the cars, the cool jobs, money, very, very good people, but they do not know Jesus. And it's kind of sad for us because even when we try to witness, they don't even want to hear it. They're like, good for you. I'm glad it's working for you. That's good. You guys need that in your life. Almost like we're the poor people or something. We're the kings, man. We are sons of God. And we're his children. We know something they don't know, right? And they're looking at us like we're like, well, you guys are just, you guys are good at what you do. You guys are pretty good guys. That's how they look at us. But it was like we walked away and just go, you know, and we're praying for them that someday God will get them. Whatever it takes, God, is what we pray. However you do it, God, get a hold of them because they really are good people, and I'd hate to see them miss the mark. And we've known them for several years. And we try to witness, but it's like they'll listen for a second, and then they deflect it. Well, how about those Cardinals last night? Well, we're right in the middle of a God story. I don't care about the Cardinals. Well, I do because I like sports, but not like this. Check this out. Have you ever been prayed for by a complete stranger? It's cool, isn't it? Now, you know, Randy and I, we get, to, we get to meet a lot of people in our job. We get to go all over the place, and we have a lot of fun doing it. And whenever we get a chance, we get to witness. So we kind of feel people out when we meet them where they are, and maybe we can sprinkle a little bit out there. Little God stories here and there. Little God stories here and there. Well, we met this guy, and before we could say it, he said, I want to pray with you guys. <laughs> We're both looking at each other like, what? All right, high five. This guy wants to pray with us, and we just met the guy like five minutes ago. A, a simple job. It took us a while to do the job because we're standing around talking about how good God is. And he was on the sidelines. He's a born-again Christian. And at one time, it sounded like he was fired up, but he just kind of got away, kind of retired, and kind of got in that retirement mode. And we're just like, man, you know too much to be on the sidelines. You need to, whatever you need to do, you need to get back out in the field because the world needs you, man. And he was like, hey, thanks a lot. So it was our prayer that we made a little deposit in his life to encourage him to, to get going again. And that's our job, right? It's our job to just say, hey, man, get back in the game. 
God's cool. I said, I, now that we've prayed this, we're standing in this garage, I go, now if you have your eyes open, I guarantee God's going to put somebody in your path. Maybe this weekend at the gas station or maybe at Walmart or something, but be watching because that's what he does. You pray for that, he's like, okay, I'll send somebody that needs to hear about, hear about me right in front of you. So that's why QTs and Home Depots and Walmarts are great fishing holes. <laughs> Have you seen some of the people at Walmart? Come on, man. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> that's an interesting mix of people there for sure. But <laughs> so it's our job to say something. You know, it doesn't do you much good if you kind of like Michael said, you have the secret and you don't tell anybody. And you don't have to be a pro at speaking about God. God will give you the words. You might stumble all over, all over the place, but guess what? That's what that guy needed to hear. <laughs> one of the guys was preaching downtown one time. He said some things that were way out there that really weren't quite, it was like 99% true, but not quite true. And we're like, don't, we're, we're going to erase that one. We're not going to put that one on the website. That one's not worth coming. Well, come to find out, a lady got saved that night because of that story. It was like, wow, God. They, God showed me that you don't have to be perfect at all. Just get the message out there. However you do it, stumble all over the place. Just get it out there. He'll do the rest. It's not up to us anyway, right? He's the one that picks and chooses. I forgot where I was. Oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> they have to obey the garden. Okay. And that's the way we were before Christ came. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But at the right time, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. It's funny you were singing about freedom, and I'm like, did you know we were preaching on this? Because Galatians all about freedom. It's all about freedom. You remember, it's Jesus plus nothing. It's not good works. We do good works because we are saved, but we don't have to do good works to get there, right? You don't have to know the law forwards and backwards either. And these Judaizers were coming in, and they were trying to tell these Gentiles that were Christians. Paul came in preached the good news to them. They were saved. Now these guys are coming in kind of in the back door and they're telling, hey man, you want to be a real follower of Jesus? You got to be Jewish. You got to know the law. You got to be like us. They were the Jews. It was for Jews and Gentiles, right? It's for all of us. Anybody that's welcome. For the right time he sent his son by his freedoms that we are his very own children and because we are his children God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts prompting us to call out Abba Father wow you are no longer a slave but of God's own child and since you are his child God has made you an heir how about that how about that we're in the kingdom man I can't wait I'm excited I can't wait you know we're singing about his return it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because you don't, it's scary, but it's not. Getting on the other side, that's going to be the weirdest part, I think. In human terms, it's, it's, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but when we see Jesus face to face, being a Christian, it's going to be awesome. 
I would imagine, just like the song says, will I be able to speak or dance or anything? I doubt it because he's so holy. When we see him face to face, welcoming us with welcome arms, I think it's going to be so awesome. I, <laughs> I can't wait. You know, we, we all say we want to hear, job well done, my son or my daughter, right? Yes? Come on, man, yes. We want to hear well done, right? Come on. We all want to hear that. He knows our faults. He knows our past, but it's all been forgiven. If you've said yes to Jesus, it's gone. As far as the east is from the west, you don't even have to dwell on it anymore. God knows. God knows your heart, right? He knows everything that you do and everything that you think. How about that? He already knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. You're just like, it's kind of an unfair advantage, God. You know everything. <laughs> I can't slip anything by you because you already know. You already know in my mind I'm planning something stupid or saying something stupid. And sometimes you let me do it anyway, but anyhow, that's beside the point. You are his child, and God has made you an heir to the throne. That is so cool. You know, in the, uh, the royal family, if, if your lineage goes to there, you have to wait forever. If you're even, even, I mean, you might be the 10th person in line to be king or queen. You might be dead before that. But guess what? When we die, we're there. Amen? Let me get some notes here, too. Let me see what I had here. I kind of got in my head myself here. Oh, verse 7. Okay. So the next heading is uh, Paul's concern for the Galatians. It says, Before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to the so-called gods that don't even exist. Notice that's little g? Little gods? They don't even exist. He's talking about um, like gods like Zeus and Hermes and people like that that have no power or anything. They can't save your soul. But these people, that's who they worshiped before they said yes to Jesus when the good news finally came out to them. Now they're heirs with Jesus. They put their trust in him. It's like these false religions that are going around, it actually keeps you captive because you can't do what they want you to do. You just can't do it. It's a vicious cycle. The more you try to do it, the worse it gets. And then you just feel down because it's like, I can't, I can't up, uphold this, what you're asking me to do. Christ is not like that. We've been set totally free. All the shackles are gone. You know? We follow the law, the Ten Commandments. It's a moral code. Right? That's how we're supposed to live our lives. It's, it's obtainable. We can't, we can't reach that standard, but that's our mark. That's what we shoot for. But if we didn't, we would just wander around aimlessly, right? But Christ has died for us to save us through him. Okay. Okay, in verse 9 it says, so, so now that you know God, or should I say, now that God knows you, why would you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world? When you say it like that, it's like, why would you? Right? Anybody's life's been changed? Have you been set free from an addiction? Have you been set free? Have the shackles come off? You know, if nothing else, you've been saved from yourself. That's the bare minimum, right? <laughs> 
your reckless attitude, your selfishness, and all that stuff, you've been saved from that. So why would we want to go back to that? Why? And Paul's asking these guys too. He's like, why would you want to go back to Zeus and Hermes and these guys? Because you can't gain favor with an idol that doesn't exist. Right? It's that vicious cycle. They just keep going around and around. And Paul's just going, why would you do that? And I think for him, it's probably a real head scratcher. Right? Because as we go, as we get deeper into this um, you could see, because Paul spent a lot of time with these people, they were saved and they were put on the right track. Like I said, and then these guys come in and try to steer them away. But you know, that's happened to us in our ministry a lot. People come to Jesus and they're so excited, they get off their addiction and they start growing and all of a sudden, poof, they're gone. I don't know where they go. They're always welcome back. And some do come back, but some don't. I had, <laughs> we've had baptisms the same way. They're saved, they're baptized, and you never see them again. And it's like, just because you're saved is not a license to do whatever you feel like. It's more than just a get-out-of-jail card. Right? We have our part to do, too. We have to live for Christ. We have to be an example for Christ. It's not easy sometimes, obviously. The world, the influence we have in this world, it's not easy, guys. You guys all know that, right? And sometimes it's easy to get down on yourself that you're not farther along than maybe you should be. But that's okay, because maybe God has you there to, to learn a lesson. Sometimes you go through these terrible things to learn lessons, right? They don't make sense to us in the natural, but God's got it all under control. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like we're losing right now, doesn't it? It seems like the Christians are totally losing, but they're not. God's got it under control. He might show up later today. Hope he does. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great if he's right outside the door? Wouldn't that be cool? First we eat, and then we're out. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> but we always have to be ready. You know, we don't want to be found doing some things we shouldn't be doing. Because you never know. That's, my, that's when he might show up. But I can tell you this, there's no temptation that you can't get away from whatever you're in if you just look to Christ before you do or say whatever you're going to do. He'll provide a way every single time if you're in tune. I call it the delay switch. When you know you're going to do something stupid, just wait about, count to three. He'll come in before that most of the time. Are you sure you want to do this? But you know what? You're free to do it. You're free. But guess what? You got to deal with the consequences. He'll take you right back. You can repent from your sin, but guess what? You've got to live through those dumb decisions you made and all those consequences, and it may take years for it to clear up. And he's not punishing you because he lets you do what you want. That's what you wanted, right? I don't want to get political, but this is what you wanted. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> right? They cried out, give us a king. Okay, here's your king. Have fun with that. Well, they cried out saying this is what they want and this is what you get. So, <laughs> is what it is, right? Uh, yeah, good one. Uh, well, principle, I think it's on 10. 
So you're trying to earn favor with God by observing certain days or months or seasons or years? I fear for you. Perhaps all of my hard work with you was for nothing. So Paul's been with these people, and we get to this point, and they've turned their back. And Paul's like, man, I don't get it. You guys did get it, and now you're wandering off. I found a couple of... Let me see if I can pull it up here real quick. Um, different views of on Christianity. Now, this was the uh, Judaizers' Christianity. This is their definition of a Christian. It says, Christians are Jews who have recognized Jesus as the promised Savior. Therefore, Gentiles, desiring to become a Christian, must first become a Jew. That's what they were teaching these guys. Legalized Christianity are Christians are those who live by a long list of don'ts. God's favor is earned by good behavior. You can't earn it. It's a free gift. Right? He's paid for it. You're free. All we have to do is live in it. Lawless Christianity says Christians live above the law. They need no guidelines. God's word is, is not as important as our personal sense of, God, of God's guidance. Basically, whatever you think God wants you to do. It's lawless. You do whatever. We know that's not right. True Christianity or Christians are those who believe in inwardly and demonstrate outwardly that Jesus' death has allowed God to offer them forgiveness and eternal life as a gift. They have accepted that gift through faith and are seeking to live lives of obedience, gratitude for what God has done for them. It's all about what God has done for us, right? That takes a while to learn. It's kind of a learned thing, and, and the only way to really learn it is to continue to grow in the Word and to continue to go to your groups and things like that, the Bible studies and things like that. That's the only way you're going to know God, you know? He wants to know you personally. He saved you, so now he wants you to learn. He wants us to be like him. We're to grow closer to him. We're to be more like him. The only way to do that is stay in it. Stay on the path the best you can. Surround yourself. Listen to the worship music. Go to your groups. And as mundane as it seems sometimes, it's all part of what you need to do to stay on the right path. Because when you start compromising those things, then you start seeing the world come back again. It's never going away. It's right outside the door. It's funny, you were singing that very first song, the words were, I'm in your presence of this moment. And you know how it is when you're studying? You feel awesome. You're like, wow, I feel like God's right here with me. We're learning and we're talking. And then you walk out that door and like, I kind of forgot everything I just learned. <laughs> it's like... Now I'm dealing with these idiot drivers trying to get here, and all. I was like, God, you know, I, I can't go there, I can't go there. Get me back on track. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's a battle between good and evil all the time in every situation. Let me see here. Oh, I want to go to Colossians 2.20 real quick. I don't have that on the... Uh, on the, the PowerPoint thing there, but turn with me if you got your Bibles to Colossians 2.20.
Colossians 2.19 says, You have died with Christ, and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the word, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? Such rules are just human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion and pious self-denial and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desire. So it's like you said, if you're following certain days and things like that, trying to do good, that's okay to have a, a certain day, your, your Sabbath day or whatever that may be, or we celebrate some of the uh, Christian holidays, things like that. But I mean, if you're trying to do that to earn uh, God's favor, you're, you're kind of off the mark. So what he's saying is like, you're free from those laws. He says, I fear for you, perhaps all my hard work with you was for nothing. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to live as I do in freedom from these things. For I have become like you Gentiles, free from the laws. Now remember, Paul, super Pharisee, he knew, all, he knew the law, forwards and backwards and forwards and backwards. The law cannot save you, right? It's by putting your faith in Christ. It's grace through faith. So then he goes on to say, you didn't mistreat me when I first preached, preached to you. Surely you remember that I was sick when I first brought you the good news. What's the good news? The gospel of Jesus, that's right. But even though my condition tempted you to reject me, you did not despise me or turn me away. No, you took me in and you cared for me as if though I were an angel from God or even Christ Jesus himself. See how excited they were? You know, and I think... Uh, the way these guys cared for him at the time was kind of like Jesus was saying in Matthew 25. That's what he meant when he called us to serve to the homeless or the hungry or the sick or the imprisoned. You know, there's a job for all of us to do somewhere. We can find something to do, right? Even if it's a kind word at a gas station or something like that, I tell you what, it goes a long way. I've personally only been witness to probably two or three times my, my whole Christian career. And I was just thinking, why, why is that? How come more people don't say something? I mean, you have your Joy sticker, which is nice. Everybody knows you listen to Joy FM. But I wonder if you ever said anything to anybody. Like, hey, man, there's a better way. Or have you heard? I had a story one time. I was in a QT in uh, O'Fallon, minding my own business. I was pumping gas in the van. And this lady comes in with this beat-up van. It's kind of running funny and smoking, and she's kind of half crying. And <clears throat> she pulls up right on the other side of the pump. I was on this pump. She's on this pump. And I can hear her. She's kind of sniffling and crying. I said, uh, you okay? And she goes, no, I got to get to the airport, and I, don't, I, I have like a dollar of gas. And I go, well, in that van, a dollar is not going to get you there. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? So I used my car to put some gas in it for her. And I said, you know, let me, let me 
let me ask you if you know Jesus. I had a chance to witness to her, and she was crying. She said, well, I used to go to church, but I didn't fit in there. I felt like they were looking down on me because I wasn't one of them. I didn't know what they were. I didn't know what they knew to that level, so I didn't feel like I fit in. So she left the church, and she was crying, and I had a Bible, and I said, listen, you know, <laughs> God loves you. He wants you back in church. You know, find a different church. God wasn't in. If they said something stupid, God wasn't in that conversation. Okay? God loves you and he wants you back. But I had, I had an opportunity to say something to her. I could have easily not said anything. But I felt that nudge. Just that spirit nudge, you know. It's like, now's your chance. This is what you've been talking about. Okay. I'm going to stumble through this, but I'm going to do it. And it turned out pretty good. So I was, I, I was like, thank you, Lord. I needed that. And even like Thursday when the guy prayed for us, I was like, I needed that. And I didn't even know I needed it. That's the best part. I thought I was feeling good, having a good day. But after that, I was like, wow, that is awesome. That was really awesome. So on the way back from our trip from Illinois, we stopped on the river. I don't know if you guys saw the brown bag or not. But we popped into where we were just to see the old park and just see the old times that we had down there and what God has done since this park out here because we were very small down there but it really grew though it started growing pretty fast we had all kinds of people you know and <laughs> we were laughing back in the early days the volunteers were so eager to help we had to hold people back because we didn't want them to outnumber the homeless right duh what were we thinking it was like get them all to come everybody needs to come and witness this and it wasn't a circus show but it helped their faith there for a while it started helping the volunteers. It got them going, got them out of the pew, got them out of the chair, and they were serving, they were making food, they were talking to people, hanging out, praying with people that they've never prayed for, things like that. It was, it was, it was an awesome experience. So we went down there and, and just kind of had a little bit of fun. We did the brown bag down there and uh, a little devotion, you know, looking at the river and, and all the stuff. That It was, it was a, a great time in my life. I know that. It was a great learning experience. And some of those things, you can't learn that in a textbook. You can read all you want to, but when you get out and do it, that's where the experience is. Like I said, you may stumble through it, but that's okay. God knows your heart. He knows you're trying. Right? There's so many dreams that die because they don't do anything. You might have an idea or something, and you're just like, well, step out and do it. Just step out. We had a friend of ours in our group, as a matter of fact, and um, he kept talking about doing this oil change ministry for widows or single moms that didn't have the money. We're like, do it, man. What do you need? Here's some money. We'll get some of our resources, and we'll get it going for you. But he was looking at it backwards. Like, you know how much it's going to cost? Hello, God provides. Just do it and see what happens. But he never did talked about it for months and months and prayed and la la la. I was like, Dave, are you going to do this or not? Just do it. He never did. I think of what he did one maybe. Or he, didn't even get, he didn't give God a chance to work. And I will say that if you do step out and you don't get instant results, that's okay because God's just lining things up for you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Just stay with it. He'll close the doors. If you pray God close the doors, if this was just a bad idea, let me know. But he won't. He might say, um, that oil change, if he would have started that, he might have led him somewhere else. But it was just the act of stepping out. He goes, I'll take you from there. You just get out and go. And I'll steer you where to go. 
So if you have an idea, Lord knows where it could end up. You know, this all started out just taking some sandwiches downtown. A couple sandwiches, a bucket, and a Bible. That's it. God just kept going. We kept going. We were obedient. We were faithful. We kept going and going, and he just kept growing and growing it. Amen. It's awesome. I'm glad to be part of it, you know, and, and, and all the people that we've met along the way and their experiences that they've had, it's amazing. We've seen so many different prayers answered, healings, and people praying that never prayed before. We've seen people bust open the Bible that they've never even decided, never ever even thought about reading. And they're discovering these verses and, and they're coming alive. All because they stepped out. Amen. All because you step up. So if you're considering doing something, just do it. No matter what it is. Okay. Anybody know where I ended? <laughs> I hate doing that, but I lost myself again. 18? Oh, 15. Okay. Oh, here we go. Where's that joyful and grateful spirit you felt then? Where'd it go? You guys ever heard of the Roman candle, Christian? We've seen those guys in this ministry, too. They come in, man, they're going to set the whole place on fire, and they're all, let's go, let's go, let's go, and off they go. <laughs> Never to see them again. Like, wow, you lasted a whole month. Wow, that's great. Yeah, they're just out, you know? And, and I know those people come and go, and God has a reason for that, too whatever that may be. He's like, where did your joy go? I like that song, nothing's going to steal my joy. Nothing's going to steal my joy. Even though we're in this world and it's hard and we're up to our eyeballs and trouble and everything else, nothing's going to steal my joy Amen. or my hope. It's Jesus. I got him. I got a hold of him and he's not getting away. <laughs> okay, so... So where did your joy go? I'm sure you would have taken your own eyes out and given them to them if it had been possible. They were so excited that Paul had an eye issue. Have I now become your enemy because I'm telling you the truth? You know, sometimes the truth hurts. But also God's, God might send a Nathan your way. Because we all have blind sides, right? There's a blind spot that we all have that we can't see what's going on and somebody might bring it to your attention. We should receive the message with humility if, if they're a Christian trying to help you out, not get upset with them. Hmm. Sometimes the truth hurts, right? 17, those false teachers are so eager to win your favor, but their intentions are not good. They're trying to shut you off from me so that you'll pay attention only to them. If someone is eager to do good things for you, that's all right. But let them do it all the time, not just when I'm with you. <laughs> These guys kind of sound like little weasels, don't they? They just come in and act like something when Paul's around. As soon as Paul's gone, they're up to their no good again. It says, oh, dear children, I feel as I'm going through labor pains for you again. And they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. I wish I were with you right now so I could change my tone. But at this distance, I don't know what else I can 
what else I could do to help you? You know, sometimes people do what people do. And there's nothing we can really do for them other than pray for them. We can always pray, right? Sometimes people, they make mistakes. You, you try to help them out, but they do it anyway. And sometimes you just have to let them go, let them do it. You know, sometimes even our children, you know, we want them, we want the best for our kids. We want them to have better than us. And we can't be their Holy Spirit as much as we want to. We have to let them fail. That's how they become stronger and that's how they learn. There's a generation coming up that mom and dads have done everything for these kids. I don't know what they're going to do when mom and dad's gone. I really don't because it's set up where the kids don't do anything. You know, Xbox has, ki- has, ki- has stolen their life. Nothing against Xbox, but you're making it an idol where that's all you ever do. You know, and, and when, when mom and dad are gone, I, <sighs> these kids don't know how to work. They don't know how to pay bills. They don't know how to do anything because they choose not to. But all we can do is be an example, the best that we can. And maybe they know too much in in our lives, that our past or something like that. That's okay. But our past has been forgiven. We know Jesus. He set us back to zero. It's gone. So all we can do now is be the best example of Christ that we can be to our kids and to our family and things like that. Try to be the better person. Extend grace. Extend grace. Extend grace. Because it's hard. And sometimes I think family members are some of the hardest ones to talk to about God. Because they know too much about you, for one thing. And two, they're not ready to surrender. I have some prayers that I've been praying for 20-something years. And I'm still waiting on God. And I haven't given up praying for Him. And I know God's doing what God does, and he's probably going to be all part of their testimony when they come around, if they come around, praying that they do. Nobody's perfect, right? Only one, and it was Jesus. He fulfilled the law. He fulfilled everything. He was perfect. Okay, this is Abraham's two children. It says... uh, Tell me, you who want to live under the law, do you know what the law actually says? The scriptures say that Abraham had two sons, one from his slave wife and one from his freeborn wife. The son from the slave wife was born in human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. We can't do it. But the son of the freeborn wife was born as God's own fulfillment of his promise. These two women serve as an illustration of God's two covenants. The first woman, Hagar, represents Mount Sinai, where people received the law that enslaved them. Just like these religions, they enslave you. You cannot get free. Our Christian belief is we are set free. Just like Paul said earlier, why would you want to pick it back up again? The world is evil. We're not of this world. We're just passing through here, right? So do your best. Lean on God. We have the Holy Spirit to help us make these decisions and to help us do what needs to be done every single day. Now, if you want to listen to it, that's another story. But he's always there. And if you drown that little voice out, you're not going to hear it. If you 
start making idols out of things like that and you're and you're basically worshiping your house or your car or your children or sporting events or or uh, even making idols out of these sports players and things like that they're good people but what can they do for you nothing right so why would you want to idolize a guy I mean, it's okay to say, hey, he's a good player. You know, he's pretty cool and all that. But that's that. You know, I mean, you don't have to worship the guy. Like, look at uh, LeBron James. He's got a huge following. In fact, they call him king. <laughs> what? No thanks. Exactly. No thanks. He's just a man. He's just a man. things that enslaved now Jerusalem is like Mount Sinai in Arabia because she and her children live in slavery to the law you can't fulfill the law the law can't save you and you can't fulfill it it's a vicious cycle you can try and try and try but you're gonna fail every time every time if you're trying to gain favor by God by trying to follow that you can't do it that's why Jesus came to fulfill the law but the other woman Sarah represents the heavenly Jerusalem She's the free woman, and she's our mother. As Isaiah said, Rejoice, O childless woman. You who have never given birth, break into a joyful shout, you who never been in labor. For the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband. And you, dear brothers and sisters, are children of the promise, just like Isaac. But you are now being persecuted by those who want you to keep the law just as Ishmael. The child born under the human effort persecuted Isaac, the child born of the power of the spirit. But what do the scriptures say about that? Get rid of the slave woman and her son. For the son of the slave woman will not share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. So dear brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, we are children of the free woman. We are free. We are God's children. We are no longer in bondage of our sin. Right? Although we do sin, we're not in bondage like we were. Our sin debt's been paid. Amen? Those who have taken that check to the bank and cashed it, thank you, Jesus. It's done. Now we can grow and we can live free. We don't have to be shackled up by rules and regulations. Although the uh, Ten Commandments is a moral code. But we don't have to live by the certain laws and do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. I don't like following rules like that. Where it's just don't, don't do this, don't do that. that. That's, I can't live up to it anyway. I'm just glad God has set us free. We have freedom in Christ. So if you've been set free from any kind of addiction or bad marriage or bad relationship, praise God, one. And two, don't go back to it. We all have our struggles. That's okay. But we have a helper, the Holy Spirit, to help us deal with these things. So all we have to do is tap into it. We have the power. We have resurrection power. Just like we were singing about, we have the power. It lives in us. And all we have to do is tap into it. Amen? We are free in Christ. So it's Jesus plus nothing nothing it's done if you've said yes to Jesus it's done amen, amen. And that's all I have tonight guys
so next week, obviously, we'll start chapter five. And this is all about freedom. So if you want to read ahead, Randy's going to tackle that. So um, you guys enjoying these series we've been doing? It's a little easier, isn't it, to kind of follow along on what's going on from week to week? We might surprise you and do something crazy, though. <laughs> well, it's, it's only stuff that's been revealed by learning and, and hanging out with other people and uh, not being afraid to ask questions. You know, if I don't know the answer, I might know somebody who does. I don't claim to know it all because I don't. But I know somebody who does. That's right, Jesus. That's right. <laughs> Are you guys hungry? I know that food smell is probably killing you. Just sitting here probably looking at your watch, going, oh, stomach's growling. Oh. Kara's got something to say over here before we get, before we. Uh... Okay, well, you have to pray then. Oh, it's Karen's birthday. Oh, come on. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Karen. Happy birthday to you. Woohoo! Did we embarrass you enough? <laughs>